Sedano and LZ, Clinton Yates, Ramona Shelburne filling in here on New Year's Rockin' Eve. Getting pumped for 2021. But right now, it's time for the things you need to know. Gregory, take it away, player. We found it, Clinton. We found it. It's a, it's out there. The studies have shown it. The what is the most important thing for a happy relationship? An analysis of 174 studies has found that this certain quality is the most important in a relationship. So I want to see if you guys believe that this is the most important thing. Okay, okay. Mom, you have to go first because you're married. You have to guess. You want to guess it? Yes, but you've been in relationships, so you should. I mean, I, I mean, know, I would, but I'm you know, assuming. the lasting ones are the ones that we're going to assume Momo knows more about. It's right. either going to so, be friendship. It's either going to be. It's either going to be friendship or it's going to be humor. It is neither of those, and so okay. it says 174 on, separate. Let me guess. Okay. Let me guess. Let me guess. Okay. I okay. think it's going to be what I'll just call distribution of labor in terms of like the house. Like, not everybody has to do everything, but if you can figure out, like, hey, you do this and I do that, that can make things work. That is a uh, that's a really good one. It's not it either. A recent review of 174 separate studies that analyzed data from 203 separate samples and including nearly 44,000 participants found that the one thing that was most important for happy relationships, psychological flexibility. Oh, come on. I mean, that's pretty... What does that even mean? Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering what, how you're going to feel about that. Psychological flexibility? Psychological flexibility, meaning that you're able to change your mind. You're able to go with the flow. You're able to change like, oh, well, I thought this. Well, you made a good point. Okay, let's move on. Mm-hmm. I think I was closer because <laughs> that sort of lends to my theory. Like, okay, you know, we don't all have to be, you know, the same foot soldier. But if one person is good at one thing and the other person is good at another, if everybody is psychologically flexible enough, <laughs> well, then it can work out. I don't know. Maybe. Okay. So what <laughs> is the most important? <laughs> what is the most important? Momo? You're Money. in a very loving relationship with a, Money with a brand is most new baby. Important because for no, for no other reason than you could be secure with each other. I mean, I think that that's a real thing, you know, like especially money. in these times when people money's important. I think money's important because like also like money is like, okay, one, you know, money definitely is when you don't have it, then things are really stressful. Okay. Yes. That's a big thing. But when you do have it, if you don't like each other, you could just go on separate vacations. <laughs> you can just do separate things. Um, I would say, I mean, look, I the two things that I always think, and is I think as long as like when you're looking for somebody, that the advice of like just marry your best friend, that's like totally a good advice. Like it's like to me, the the honeymoon phase where things are hot and heavy, and you're like totally into that person, that doesn't last for too long. You know, the truth the truth is like I mean, yeah, you're totally into your husband still or your wife or whatever it is. That lasts. I mean, it comes back around, you know, when things need to happen. Okay? <laughs> I don't know. But, but, but it's, I think it's respect. I think it's friendship, kindness. Just, like, people who, like, you know, people you t- generally like. I think it's better to like somebody than love somebody. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's harder to love somebody if you don't actually like them. That's right. You know what I mean? Because then love becomes this, like, sort of weird force thing. Yeah. Like, kindness a is a good one. Kindness is good. Fair point. You know, just be nice. One. 
Yeah. Right, well done. So let, let like this will be the last one. <laughs> right. I was Shut wondering. Up. I wanted to know what you were It was so good. I was what laughing I when I was reading. Psychological flexibility is the answer. So you know, whatever. Oh, you know what was uh, written anyway. by somebody, some nerd who doesn't have a girlfriend. Hey, Basically, forty-four thousand <laughs> participants can't be wrong. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so the next story, and this will be the last one, and we'll get back to you guys. Is that I just want to read the the. The headline and you guys just react to it. All right. And Clinton, you can react. Does it involve kangaroos? Because no, you know no, what no, else no. gonna do to me. All right. For those of you who weren't <laughs> listening, quick call back yesterday on Mason in Ireland, we filled in. Greg learned what Boxing Day was, and though he learned it via kangaroos, that was very. <laughs> and Momo revealed that she has, you know, a, a thing for like kangaroo videos. Yes, exactly. From yeah. So it does have to do with an animal, though. So All right. study finds octopuses are thugs. That punch fish for no reason. Clinton. <laughs> wow. Have at it. I mean, listen, for no reason, you know, I listen, They're you're talking to, to a brother you're talking to a brother here, so for no reason, and calling people thugs, I might have to side with the octopi or this <laughs> you, never, you never really know what's going on there, you know, in the deep sea. I don't know who's regulating the rules in the deep sea. Maybe the octopi are getting, you know, unnecessarily discriminated against because they got extra We legs. don't even know. That's right. Tentacles. What if the fish, what if the fish are like making fun of them? You know how like when fish, when they're walking around, when they do the fish lips and they're like, <laughs> what if that, what if that's like in fish language? What if they're just making fun of the octopus for having too many legs? And the octopus is like, you got that? All right, hating, fine. Hating, Boom. Hating how do they fish? know there's no reason? How do they know? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Where are you getting your studies from? Right. What's going on with you, Greg? What's happening here? I just like to find the fun thing. Uh, but this I one, where is this one from? This one's from, I don't even know where this one's from. Uh -huh. But anyway. Right. Well, those are the things you need to know. Thank you, yep. Gregory. Appreciate You're that. You're welcome. You're welcome. That was a perfect things I need to know for New Year's Eve. I agree. That was good. Um, that was good. Getting back to women in sports in 2020, because I think that that is very important. You know, we talked about Becky Hammond. Um, hey, can we talk about Jeannie Buss, first female owner to win, yes. to win an NBA championship? Please go on. I mean, I, I think it was funny because, like, when that, was, when that was happening, you know, I do these stories every year where it's uh, whoever wins the championship, I write the, like, story of how they won. And it's supposed mm -hmm. to be, like, you know, three, 4,000 words. And we get into the essence of why that team was great and what they did and their success story, et cetera. So you, you kind of put stuff together. I usually do it during the finals and you sort of report both teams. And then when you kind of know who's going to win, they're up three, one or whatever it is, you kind of go heavier into one, one team. Right. right. Um, and then the night of you like crank it out, <laughs> you like stay up all night yeah. and get her done. Um, this was like totally different because obviously they were in the bubble. I was here, you know, I get on the phone with people. There's a lot of people who are like superstitious and don't want to talk to you. Until they win, and so that's like problematic, obviously. Um, uh, but I would say, like you know, this one I had to have the story written before the last game, and it was interesting talking to Jeannie before the game, talking to Phil Jackson before the game, talking to Rob Palinka a little bit. He was he was the most superstitious. He didn't want to talk, and I was like, "Come on, man, just like five minutes. I, want, I promise it'll only be about Jeannie, you know? <laughs> like that's it." And he goes. He goes, I just, I really don't want to jinx it. And I was like, I get it. Can you just like text this to me though? <laughs> like, uh -huh. like that, because otherwise, anyway. Um, and that was the one thing that was um, interesting is Jeannie was not afraid of, she wasn't afraid at all. She was like, that's fine. Just, you know, don't, obviously don't run any of this until we win you know, or if we win. Okay. But just talking to her and how she did not want to make it about herself. And I thought that was, you know, she wanted to talk about the team. She wanted to talk about, you know, um, everything they had been through, all the challenges the team had faced this year, right. um, what this year meant to her. 
you know, and it was, it was, it was really interesting. Cause like, you know, there was, there's, there's so many people who would have something like that and they would be like, my time to shine, you know, all you haters yeah, out sure. there who thought I didn't know what I was doing, who, you know, all the, they should have, they had a lot of, of, of hate over the summer, right? Especially Jeannie, Linda Rambis, all the people who, you know, Kurt Rambis, Rob Palinka, And like, they totally could have just spiked the ball on everybody. They could have just been like, too bad, you know, how you like me now, right? They could have been right. like that. Could have been and a lot they, less classy, for lack of a better yes, term. Yes, I know. That's right. And they totally weren't. Like, they just, they were like, no, we, it's, you know, don't just, you know, you can, you can say, you know, obviously, like, Jeannie is the first female owner to win it in the, in the NBA. I mean, there's been other owners in other sports, but, um, but in the NBA, first majority owner. And all she wanted to do is talk about her dad. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, listen, legacy. I think there's a and, lot to be said about Jeannie because agreed. I don't know that this happens without her. You know, I, I mean, quite frankly, I mean, yeah. you know, we've been through this before in terms of where everything was when, you know, I've said on this air before when Planet LeBron cl- crashed into Laker Nation and yep. everything sort of went haywire. I, I don't know that there are other buses, for lack of a better term, never mind anybody else, who could have stewarded that. Um, and that's before we even get to Kobe. You know, I, I think that there's a lot to be said for how her, not just demeanor, but her skill uh, contributed to all of this. And that's, I, I think that's kind of underrated because you know, when people have family businesses, it's kind of just assumed that because somebody moves into power, for lack of a better term, that they didn't necessarily deserve it or that they're not going to be good at it. Ah, Jeannie's both. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I think that, that's evidenced right now and nobody can take that away from her or the franchise. And I think that's admirable for sure. Yeah, and I think she created like an atmosphere where she learned a lot from her dad and she always talks about that, which is, Stars win championships, and you got to treat the guys on your team like you know the stars. You got to make sure that they have what they need to be the absolute best. You know yeah. they need to feel confident and comfortable, but also like don't meddle, don't get up in people's business, don't undermine. Pick your team, pick your pick your GM, pick your coach, and let them fly. You know, let them yeah. do their thing and and get out the way. And I think that they've done a really good job of making LeBron, Anthony Davis. All the guys, you know, Kyle, even guys like Kyle Kuzma, like making him feel appreciated and wanted and respected. And, you know, Frank Vogel put, you know, he took the job under very difficult circumstances and they made him feel supported and like he could, you know, like he could do what he needed to do. He could coach the team. And I just think that's called, that's that's a team culture. And it was interesting for me to see it because, um, we talk all the time about culture in the NBA, all these franchises. We want to have the Warriors culture. We want to have the Spurs culture. We want to have, you know, you know what I mean? That's like a buzzword right. that everybody says. And the Lakers were seen as having a bad culture even just a few years ago. And it's like, no, they don't. They just haven't found the right mix of people. And now they have a great culture. Now they have a great, you know, everybody who, who's there, they're, they're happy to be there. You know, we don't hear people sniping. We don't have people barking behind the scenes or undermining or any of that. They're doing good. For lack of a better term, they're back. I mean, yeah. you know, and that's that's really that's really there's a lot of credit to be given to Jeannie. There are other people that I'd like to highlight. As a matter of fact, just today, the Red Sox hired Bianca Smith as a minor league coach. She's the first black cool. woman to serve as a professional baseball coach, you know, in the history of the sport. Sarah Fuller, obviously, um yeah. the Vanderbilt kicker who did, you know, just an incredible job with I think handling all of that, especially because they fired their coach in the middle of it. She had incredible class. Um in from the NFL. Sarah Thomas was uh, an mm-hmm. official. Jennifer King, uh, hired by the Washington football team. And Kelly Brownson for the Browns. Like, there has been some remarkable steps in this regard. Who's this the coach year. for the – there's a coach for the female – there was a female coach for the Giants, too. 
There's also a couple of female coaches for the Cardinals. They were hired last year, so I'm you know I was just sort of yeah. you know, referring to what happened this year. But you're right. You know this is no longer abnormal. Um, yeah, and, and that's what I was talking about. Opportunity costs. The more there are, the more women there are in these kind of positions, the more chances one of them is going to be the one who who gets the head job, right? Yeah. And, and I think right. that's a, that's a big deal, you know. Like, you know, we talked about this as you know with African American um, coaches as well. If you don't have African American offensive coordinators or defensive coordinators, then you're not going to have African American head coaches. Yep. Because that's how you get there, <laughs> right? Pretty you simple. What the yeah. path is? Alyssa, yeah. Alyssa Nakin is her name. The Giants coach. Is. That's yep. great. So, okay, when we come back, we are going to discuss because it is New Year's Eve, y'all's resolutions. 877-710-ESPN. We're going to talk about the most popular resolutions for 2021, but we want to hear yours. 877-710-ESPN. Clinton Yates, Ramona Shelburne, filling in for Sedano and LZ. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Doctor? This is the song of the year, by the way. All right. The Weeknd. Banger. Okay. Flashing Lights. Is that the name of the song? I think it's Flashing Lights. Yes, correct. Blinding Lights. Blinding, Blinding lights. lights. Excuse me. I'm so I'm, It's so cool that I forgot the name. But I bring that up because I was asked by the LA Times back in March to list my song of the year. And I listed this one. And guess what? It what? literally sold and streamed more than every other song in the country <laughs> this year. So I believe I had that. Clinton Yates from Shelburne filling in for Sedano and LZ here on 710 ESPN. It's New Year's Eve, kiddos. So we're trying to figure out where we are in our lives. 2020 was one of those calendar years that, well, you're never going to forget in your life because pandemics happen once every 100 years in this world, and we okay. happen to be here for one of them. 877-710-ESPN. <laughs> Tell us what your resolutions are. We would love to know, whether they be sports resolutions, and we'll be doing this all day, y'all, so feel free to call in. 877-710-ESPN. Give us an idea of what your resolutions are, whether they're for a sports team in L.A., whether, for, whether they're for you and your personal life. Doesn't matter. We're all trying to uplift ourselves and make sure that we can be better folks in 2021 because we all know how hard we tested each other in 2020. Now, I'm going to get to a list here, Momo. It's from a website that I've never heard of before, but we're just going to consider it as, uh, you know, fact because that's how Greg Bergman rolled. Bergman. Bregman. I can't even talk. Bergman rolls. So we're just going to do that. What do you think the number one resolution is Hmm. according to Americans and this is not a big number with 26%, but let's just say it is very pandemic-related. Uh, Can I guess two after? Of course. Uh, like, go see my friends? Something like that? Say it again? Oh. See my friends more? Something like that after? Okay, that's a good guess. 
Greg? Yeah. I was going to go with losing weight. Bingo. Greg got it. 26% of America oh, wow. said yeah, exercising more and losing weight, which makes sense because in this pandemic, not only were people more, uh, in a, you know, less mobile, yeah. but like, I feel like eating patterns changed a lot. You mean I like people for, ate their feelings? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, that too. <laughs> and when you're sitting around all the time and you got nothing else to do, well, you know what? You're going to eat. And more importantly, I think, and this is kind of a sort of a different topic, but for those who whose ch- life situations changed, whatever healthy eating you might have been able to do or maintain, you know, with a lesser income or what have you, probably suffered. And I, I think that that's a I'm actually kind of glad to read that in terms of what Americans understand is important because and I'm not going to get too far off on this, but like it ain't just a pandemic that's putting people out of shape or putting people in bad, healthy positions this year. You know, it's the whole thing. Psychologically, physically, pe- people can't move around. So I think that the wellness industry, Momo, in 2021 is going to do numbers because people need it to stay alive. Well, I'll tell you this. I would venture to say that every year, if you looked at the, at the number one goals and resolutions for New Year's, losing weight would probably be number one or number two. True. <laughs> and that is what everybody says every year, pandemic or no pandemic, because they're coming right off of um, the holidays where we've been, we, people, I mean, the truth is we've been eating since Thanksgiving, right? Everybody's yeah. been eating like crazy. Like you start with the turkey, the, then you go to the leftovers, then people start sending you cookies and, you know, chocolate and stuff. Holiday like, treats. Yeah. And then, and then there's also this, there's something about the holidays that just like makes you just be like, Oh yeah, you know, I'll get to that in January. Yeah, you know, like that. And there's people, there's parties that you go to and you eat. So like this is like an every year kind of deal. I will say this as somebody who has lost weight during the pandemic, and I did it like very deliberately. Okay. Um, I think I have better healthy eating and better healthy stuff now because um, I walk every day, and also um, like just being at home, I realized how much of my unhealthiness was related to like going out and traveling and oh, my specific that's fair. job. Like, like honestly, not going out to dinners all the time and not going out to, now I'm not, no, this doesn't account for Postmates cause you know, <laughs> we don't do that, okay? But like there's, when you go to a restaurant and you get dinner, like it's a whole meal. And I realized like how, how I don't really need to eat a whole meal all the time. Like right. you could just sit down and have like half a sandwich and you're fine. Okay. <laughs> like we eat too much. That's true. That's a good point. Portion control is a major issue in the United yeah. States of America. All right, number two. Okay. Let's take a guess here. This one is another sort of generalized one, but it's close. Yeah. It's 23% of America. Greg, you can go first on this one because you guessed it last time. All right. Um, saving money. Something to okay. do with it. Yeah. yeah. Momo? Okay. Uh, I will say uh, some. Okay. another resolution that people make all the time. Um... Doing something at work, like something like, uh, you know, like get a promotion or something at work. Okay. Greg is correct again. I see wow. you might be cheating, but that's no, a different I, discussion. I w- yeah. Absolutely not. Absolutely okay. not. Laura got that one as well. So, yes, 23% of America said saving money slash getting out of debt getting is their debt. resolution for 2021. And again, I'm not going to get into some economic situation discussion here. This is not the place for that. But, yeah, that matters. Folks ain't got no jobs. Folks need cash. You know, that's what I was saying earlier about relationships. Money matters. You know what it I mean? Does. So that's that's an important one. All right. Now, the third one here is a very interesting one because this is the last one that's in the double digits. And I'm really surprised it's this high at 17%. Momo, what do you think it is? 
Hmm. Hmm. How about like maybe like some kind of relationship? Ah. Thing? Like get married or something, or like find a boyfriend, find a girlfriend. Okay. Great. That's that's a good one. I'm gonna say being positive. Power of positivity. Okay. okay. Not a bad guess. Laura, what do you think? On the air. Laura, what do you think? All right. Guess we're not gonna oh, get Laura's guess. I, uh, sorry guys, I was uh didn't have it on. My bad. I said, <laughs> uh, get out of the relationship. Be single. Oh, oh, you guys, so you guys I are said jumping. Find love, and you said right. leave. Okay, so I you got, you guys are on that train. No, you're all wrong. The number seven, the seventeen percent number three guess, which was a little high for me, is travel more. Now, like I mm. get the mindset of like folks have been cooped up. You know what yeah. I mean? And you want to sort of get out of wherever you've been because that's just a difficult sort of circumstance. But like. Not going to lie, Momo, if we didn't have jobs that took us all over the country, I don't know that I'd be pressed to go anywhere right now. And I say this because I want to give some credit to all of those people who are doing exactly that to bring us these sports games that we get to watch. These things don't happen in a vacuum. The people who are on the courts and on the fields and on the ice and on the diamond, they're not the only people there who show up. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people moving around. And so I just want to use this opportunity to talk about like travel is going to be a very interesting thing in 2021 in terms of who still feels safe, Momo, doing it versus those who have to do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I'll say this. Like, one of the thoughts I had the other day, and I think it kind of depressed me, but I think it's a good thing, too, is I realize, like, you know, it's New Year's Eve, and it's like, it almost, like, doesn't mean anything to me, like, because I'm, there's, like, okay, whatever. Like, I'm not going anywhere, right? Like, it's not, like, an event. Um, And... I also felt kind of like it's not over. Like just because 2020 is over doesn't mean we all of a sudden have good juju. You know, like we're still the worst is yet to come. Right. Like January is going to suck. Yeah. <laughs> like this is this is not over. And like so on the one hand, we all are we keep saying like hashtag 2020 hashtag. I mean, yes, but 2021, like we all we can't start thinking escapist thoughts yet. You know, like we're not totally right. done. We're not done with this. Like I, know. I am thinking like, hey, I would love to book something for August. I'm definitely thinking about that. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to think about September and August and whatever. Like I definitely want to do that. But, um, you know, I just let's, let's all keep our heads down and stay safe for another month or two until we get that's through this, this surge. Like, that's, right, Let me round out the top yeah. five. Let me round out the top five. You all were close. Yeah. The number four is at 9% make new friends. Okay. Which okay, you know what I mean. I think we've all yeah. made some new friends this you know this year that we didn't necessarily want to make. And to round, <laughs> actually, there's more. <laughs> at seven percent is both get a new job and find love. So you know, hey. find love, find love. Find I was love. on board. Family. Feud, Laura, Laura's out here trying to get rid of people. Mom was out here trying to find people. <laughs> How about what, that? Was that on there? Was that on the list of losing no, your boyfriend is, or girlfriend? Well, I guess okay. make new friends would qualify, perhaps, oh, there as you go. such. But there you again, go. tell us yours, 877-710-ESPN. <laughs> Coming up, Momo wants to talk about some very interesting things that the old Woadster has dropped on America. I'm Clinton Yates. She's Ramona Shelver, and it's Sedano and LZ on ESPN 710. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
Yes. I love this song. This is a banger. <laughs> this is a New Year's banger for sure. This is the best line. Why so serious? Great song. <laughs> Raise your glass, kiddos. Sedano and LZ on ESPN 710. Clinton Yates, Ramona Shelburne out here hey. belting out the tunes. We love it. But during last break, Momo, you brought up a story that uh -huh. Woj dropped. <laughs> and look, we all love petty Twitter. We all love NBA Twitter. A large part of why we love the association is because of the sort of gossip and all the things that go on. There's not that many dudes in the league, no matter whether or not Charles Barkley can name them or not, that aside. But the point is, the talking about stuff is a huge thing. And when everybody was in the bubble, the snitch line was a very hot topic in terms of what people were doing. Shout out to Jimmy Butler, dribbling basketballs all night long, massive air quotes. Now, Ramona, <laughs> what is this story that you want to talk about regarding what the NBA is going to be doing going forward? Well, according to Woj, the NBA sent a memo around to all the teams today and said, and I'm just going to, you can't see me because I'm like in my bedroom, but I'm going to like <laughs> wag my finger as I talk to you. you know? Okay. Just picture me in my bedroom wagging my finger at you, okay? Yep. You have a compliance officer for a reason. You need to start cracking down on this, okay? And... They call them monitors, okay? They call the the COVID monitors, you know, that, that's like a nice way of putting it. You know what that is? 30 teams got snitches, okay? <laughs> the monitor is the snitch. <laughs> and the monitor has been appointed to every single team. They call them compliance monitors or whatever you want, you know? But right. in other words, they were very nicely saying, hey, let's let them do their jobs. Let's listen to them. Let's not protect people from, you know, from the monitors. Let the let da, da 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 da. And I think what it is is like, on the one hand, nobody likes being told what to do. Like, nobody likes yeah. being told like you can't go out, you can't do that. Put your mask on. Do this. Do that. But on the other hand, if they don't do that, they're gonna have some problems. And I think they know it. Okay. Well, I have a lot of questions about this, Momo, which is that, and they're yeah. not like civil liberties questions. I'm not getting all into that. My mm -hmm. point is though is that from a team standpoint. Is this a situation where everybody on the team knows who the compliance monitor is? I, this is what this is what I don't know. I is think it a situation so. also where if the compliance monitor does not yeah. find something, the compliance monitor gets it in trouble? And that, that's that, that, I'm being very serious about that because yeah. that's a very yeah. very real relationship thing when you have somebody who is like. You know, it's like, well, what do you know and when did you know it kind of thing? I mean, you're opening up a whole scenario here that I think can be very difficult, not in a like a reasonability kind of way for what the league wants, but within a team that that's not easy to 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 monitor, for lack of a better term. If you've got somebody that's watching everybody and either they don't want to do it or it's kind of all they're interested in or they've got access to grind, for lack of a better term, this could get ugly real quick and so, i feel like if i'm a team i might want people to know who right. the compliance monitor is so you don't get to what you're talking about which is a snitch element if there's somebody who you're just like hey if this person catches you doing anything mm -hmm. you're screwed and yeah. it might be within your best interest to either a make friends with them or b understand the rules better or c both you know what i mean and i don't i i don't think that's unreasonable to ask of players or even just uh, you know front office members, whoever of the team at this stage, because I don't feel like the like gotcha element is really what the best strategy is for trying to keep everybody safe. Does that make sense? 
Yeah. So I have a really, I have a different take on this completely. Okay. And, and it's not that it's not you and me. Okay. Yeah. This is, I've been feeling about COVID in general. I'm tired of people being nice about it. You know what mm. I mean? Like, you know how we get, when we, we do this thing now with politics, like, oh, you know what? Let's not talk politics because people are going to get upset. Right? Like you talk politics, usually with your friends, you can talk politics. If you know somebody's like like-minded and you're in the same, you know, you're, you're in the same category, you have the same right. beliefs, whatever it is, like you, you can bring it up and it'll be okay. But, but every once in a while, like you're in a room and there's like, you know, two people on the other side of the aisle and it's like, ooh, I don't want to end the friendship now. <laughs> okay, right? Like, yeah. I don't want things to get awkward. And I, I feel like it started happening with COVID, okay? And I'm sick of it, man. If I see something that I don't like, I'm going to say it. I'm not going to be nice about it anymore. If I see somebody walking around without a mask on, I'm going to say, put your mask on. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be polite. You know, I've, and I've, I, and I've, think, I've talked to a couple people I've seen, you know, yeah. who've been like, you know, trying to do this. I to, I say, I'm not talking to them until you put a mask on. Yeah, that's it. You know, and, and, and I think that like it was weird. I was uh, my mom was telling me she's a friend on Facebook. It's like a and she was saying her friends like, you know, her daughter. She's she's uh, a grandma. OK, like. OK. And her daughter is an anti-masker. OK, not not into it. Doesn't think that doesn't believe in the virus. Yada, yada. Goodness. They go everywhere. They do everything. She wants to see her granddaughter. And she's like. Well, I got to I got to got to choose, you know, I guess my granddaughter or I guess they say and I was like, no, you need to tell them that they can't come over to your house unless they put a damn mask on. Right. Like, that's it. That's you know, if you hear something like, you know, I heard something at our, you know, at our workplace that somebody was like walking around our station without a mask on and they didn't think it was a big deal. I'm going to call it in. Yeah, that's fair. There was, there was a there's a there. I have a neighbor and they were having a party the other day. I called it in. Hey, I'm snitching. Look. I, mean, I am a snitch. Sorry. I, I, don't, I don't Okay, look. I don't, you know, I, I'm like, I'm not being nice about it anymore. We got That's completely dying. fair, Momo. I, yeah. I just think that, I think that, that the only reason I say that the word snitch yeah. is, is important in terms of like internally yeah. on a team is that because of the situation, and I don't want to jump back on this about the Rockets. We talked about it yesterday on Mason and right. Ireland. But like, it's the kind of thing where I'm like, there's a healthier way to do all this to your point. You don't have right. to be nice about it, but you also don't yeah. have to like bust people. And I, when John Wall said, hey, man, I was just getting a haircut like at my apartment. I'm thinking to myself, if there's a compliance officer or there's a franchise and, you know, this is not about the Rockets specifically. It's like, yo, have a barber at your facility. Like, and if you know what your players need, that they don't and if they don't feel that they can like go to the team and sort of explain those kind of things, mm -hmm. getting back to the genie bus Lakers element in terms of taking care of stars. That's like, right. That's the role a compliance officer should have, in my opinion. Well, also, it's not necessarily just Wall busting thing, folks. The, all, the thing with the John Wall thing is it wasn't just him. There was four yeah. guys there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and like, I'm sorry, John I, feel, John, I feel bad for you, but you can't do that. And, and you know, they would probably like, I don't know how many of those guys have had COVID already. I know there's a lot of guys in the NBA who have. Um, so I don't want to say they have, or I don't, I don't have any knowledge on those guys. Okay. But right. I know one of the things that James Harden felt was I've already had COVID and, you know, it's just not as big a deal to me because I've already had it. I mean, no, it's not how it works. <laughs> I mean, you get it again, you get it, and spread right. it. Maybe you get it, you get a little sick, but you spread it to like four other people. Like the other thing too is like what the NBA is trying to do is they're trying to avoid an outbreak. You know, they're trying to avoid six guys on one team, can't play, we got to postpone the game. It's inevitable, it's going to happen, but we're trying to avoid it as much as possible, okay? And that's, I mean, like, I just saw Fitzmagic, Ryan, Fitz, Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Captain right? Sidepiece, as I yeah. call him, that's a whole other story. Right? 
he got COVID or he, he's on the, yeah, he just tested He's on the list. Can't play. And everybody feels really sorry for him and it's too bad. Kirk Herbstreet, our own, calling the game yeah. from home. <laughs> got COVID. And, and like, I, I, I wish everybody who gets it, I wish they would say something. I wish they would like, even if they have to isolate, because to me, it's like, we need to know how real this is. We need to know how serious this is. And this whole like, being nice about it, or I don't want to. You know, somebody said, she, you know, my mom was talking to this lady. She was like, I don't want to make people wear masks in my own, in our, in, in, in their house or my house. I was like, too bad. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like I had somebody come over to watch Daniel, right? We all wear masks. I wear masks in my own house. Okay. It's not awkward. Sometimes I walk out the door and I feel bad. It's like my house and they're there. And I said, it's a respect thing. It's not, it's not right. Like if I ask them to wear a mask, they should, I should wear a mask. Right. It's just a respect for your human, your human beings man and and like why are we being nice about this no it's, know, a, it's a fair question I, I think that i think that it's i think that this is difficult to sort of and i'm not gonna yeah. i'm not gonna say it's it's difficult because i think there's so many things in 2020 that happened that we want to be nice to each yeah, other that's right. you know what i mean because of the and way that avoid stuff right we all of the, like well also away. because like people are hurting you know yeah. what i mean and like but part of that is Obviously, COVID. Another part of that is just America on the streets. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? For people yeah. that look like me, you know, it's it's not easy. And people don't want to add extra confrontation where that's there shouldn't right. be. But that's why I don't feel that this compliance officer situation makes sense if how you're describing it is what it is. You know what yeah. I mean? If, 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 if you're just supposed to have people that are busting other people, well, then it becomes a cat and mouse game. That's right. That, for me, is not what public health is about. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That's not why we're trying to do anything. We're all in this together. Like, we, like, what happened to our spirit of like camaraderie? What happened to our spirit of like civic pride and all this? Like, that's what happened in baseball when baseball cracked down on the Indians. When the Indians sent Mike Clevenger and that other dude—I can't remember his name—but it was Clevenger, okay? Yeah. <laughs> when when the two Indians pitchers went out and their teammates like revolted and they sent them to the minors. Yeah, in a car. They said, "Drive in a car. away." <laughs> Go home. It was unbelievable. Yeah, but no, I I agree with you. That's that's what makes the most sense in this situation. But I just hope that the NBA. I I don't want this to become a scenario where, for example, transaction Twitter is about who got popped by the snitch officer, so to speak, every single week in the NBA. That's not productive for anybody in terms of communication, and I don't think it's going to be productive, frankly, in terms of safety. Coming up, we're going to talk about New Year's traditions. With Laura, she's got a bunch of weird ones, and I don't want to call them weird. That's insensitive. But none of us had heard of them until before, so let's get to that. It's going to be fun. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Sedano and LZ, Clinton Yates and Ramona Shelburne filling in here on a New Year's Eve, taking you into 2021. I feel like I'm Ryan Seacrest, but my bank account doesn't feel like that. That's all right. We're getting there. 2021. It's coming up. So if you're hopeful for the next year, I applaud you. If you've had a tough year, I'm with you. We're, trying, we're here to get you through it. That's how it goes. And since we're here when to get through it. When did you get to be a doctor? A doctor? 
Dr. Clinton Gates. I'm not a doctor. Did he call that's me what, a doctor? That's what Chris Morales is saying. Did I you hear that, Greg? That. Say Dr. Clinton Yates. I missed. Do you have it, Laura? Do you play it if you have it? Back, back to back to Clinton Yates. Oh, it's back to okay. I think it's a doctor. No, All right. I'm not a doctor. I don't even know that many doctors, to be fair. But anyway, so <laughs> last couple breaks, um, Laura was like, hey, do you guys do this at New Year's? And we were like, we were like uh, what? I'm, I'm sorry, what? So, Laura, take it away and tell us about some of your New Year's traditions so we can chime in. All right. So the biggest one that I know and that I've actually partake in is the underwear one. So if you wear red underwear, that means you want to jump into love and romance for the new year. If you wear white then you want peace and tranquility. If you wear yellow, you want money and wealth. Black means power. You regain control of your life. Excellent. That's what I'm wearing. Ooh, girl, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Green means you want more adventure. You want change of scenery. And then cool. if you want blue, you want to eat. Uh, if you wear blue, not have blue you eat better you work out more and then the last one is pink and that means it's like self-love so it's not necessarily romantic so i've actually worn yellow before it doesn't really work it hasn't worked for me (laughs) but i still do it it's just something i've been doing since i was really little and um I kind of think it's a Latin thing now that none of you guys have heard of it, but I don't know. The other one that we do. Wait, wait, wait. What is great? Hold on. Yeah, yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. We got questions about the first one. We're not just going to barrel through these. My number one question is this. So you say it's a Latin thing, and Mm -hmm. that's fine. That's why I didn't want to call it weird last segment. That was insensitive. So I apologize for that. But the reason I'm asking is because I'm wondering, like, what sort of world does this come from is this an astrology thing is this kind of a religious practice sidebar thing or is it just a social custom that people have come to believe in as far as you know to me it's a social custom okay yeah then the other one so there's a there's another ritual that i i think i did it once um and it's the 12 (laughs) grapes so you at midnight you eat 12 grapes, and each time you eat a grape, you kind of make a wish for that month. So January, February, and so forth, right? So I've done that, and that was actually pretty good. That was a good year for me. So okay. I, I might partake on that one again. So I don't know if you guys do that one. I've never heard of the grapes thing. Momo, have you? are you familiar with that? I don't know any of this stuff. I like it, though. That's cool. Okay, Greg. Greg, Greg, what about yeah. you? Save me, Greg. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I wish I could save you, Laura, but I don't know any of this stuff. And I'm wearing gray underwear. Is gray? What is, why come there's no gray? I don't got a gray color. Gray, on your, on gray your means you're not in or out. So let's, let's <laughs> right. change the underwear yeah. here. That means you're boring. That's what that means. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I don't know what color. I just, you know, you grab a pair of underwear and then you put them on. Okay, now you, now you know. you. Got, well, we're talking New Year's Eve here into the New Year's. I don't care what kind of underwear you wear for the rest of the year. It's just for the <laughs> well, 31st. I'm just saying today is New Year's Eve. I'm at home. Underwear know, Chalk Talk. ESPN 710. <laughs> What's the next one, Laura? <laughs> All right. The next one is uh, luggage. So you empty. Um, I'm sorry. You put something in a luggage or two and you run around a car or you run around the block depending which one you want to do and that sign that means that you want to travel more for the upcoming year so l- tell me you guys have done this one i have not and at risk it's sounding like a complete jerk when <laughs> you first brought this up that was the one where i said your family just made that up to make fun of you because like <laughs> if you force somebody to run around outside carrying like something and you people watch you i'm sorry that's funny even if it doesn't have cultural value that might be the cultural value that i care about i might start doing that or making people do it just so that i can watch them do it that makes me laugh 
That's funny. No, I've, I have a friend who does it every year. And like, I swear to you guys, he travels so much. He's in and out of California. Even this year, he traveled. Opa. I know. Okay. I didn't, I didn't feel right. that. Well, bad. Momo, I will tell you this. I do have one tradition that I do personally that a friend of mine introduced me to about four or five years ago that I would like your thoughts on, which is this. So every New Year's Eve... What I do is you get a piece of paper and a pen and you longhand write yourself a letter about, you know, whatever your self-reflection is for the year, whatever it is that you want to discuss as you do whatever journaling you do for yourself. But what you do is you write it and you just put it away. I like that. And hold on. And when the next year comes, you write another letter first. And you put that one away, and then you read the letter from last year hmm. to see where you've come and what it was you thought about yourself on New Year's Eve the year before. And I found it to be an incredibly, you know, for all of the things that we talk about in terms of self-love, in terms of mental health and so forth, one mm-hmm. of the hardest things to do is be honest with yourself about what it is your goals or your yeah. shortcomings are. Yeah. And this has been one of the most effective and kind of, in many ways, like fun things that I've begun to associate with New Year's Eve at this point. It's like, man, I really wonder what last year me thought yeah. about me then, you know? And it's 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 quite revealing. So anybody who's out there listening, if you're looking for something to sort of employ with your family, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of ways you can apply it. But this is a personal one for me that has been quite effective just in terms of like keeping me motivated to, to communicate with myself. Momo, does that make sense? I like that a lot because um, yeah. I think it's like it's funny when I was thinking about what I did last year on New Year's and I was I, like I have you know I had some other stuff going on at that same time and I was thinking you know all these other things and it's, it's funny like what you were doing just a year ago and New Year's happens to be like on the one hand it's just some other day it's just another day right like right. like I was seeing people on Twitter were talking about you know last sunset of 2020 so I open the window and I'll go look at it and you know and I was like hey, you know the, it's a, it's a beautiful sunset it's a beautiful full moon right now it's the wolf moon do you know about this the wolf moon yes i am well familiar with that it's that's the full, it's the last full moon when it's the it's the, the they, they call it the wolf moon cuz it's like the coldest moon is the full moon in the dead of winter right mm-hmm. and uh you know just you know that's that's what it's always been called right okay, anyway but but I, I was thinking about this like we should all do that tonight we should all write down like what we're thinking, you know, 2020, because when, when, when the world goes back to normal and it's not going to be like all of a sudden one day we're going to be like, Oh, okay, we're back. You know, it's going to be a slow process, but I want to remember kind of where we were, what we were feeling. Like we're, it's, it's like when you're on a vacation, you think you're going to remember what it was like when you were there. And you know, as soon as you get back into your normal life and things go away and things calm down, I mean, you just forget. You know, and the right. stuff. No, like, and that's right. And that's yeah. why you document it so that you don't forget it. Laura, yeah. you got one more quickly before we go to break? Yeah. So one thing me and my friends do is whatever we want to let go of in the year, we write it down. We physically write it down in little pieces of paper and then we throw it into the fire so we can just erase it, let it go and leave it in that. Year. I like that. That's good. Yeah, that's a good that's one. Cool. That's cool. Can good I one. tell Great. you guys something? Go, my bad. Go as ahead. you were doing this whole thing, as we were doing this whole thing, I just want to tell you that the coolest thing just happened to me that is making <laughs> me think that 2020 like is ending on a high note for Momo. If nothing else happens tonight, my year has ended on a high note. Do you want to know what just you want to know what just happened? Is that a tease? 
That could be a tease. tease? Do you want to see a tease? Excellent work out of you, Momo. Something really exciting just happened while we were on air that, I mean, I'm giddy. I'm literally giddy. I feel like I made it. It's like Momo, Momo, this this whole year is all good because this just happened. All right. Well, when we come back, it's what you need to know, and we're going to chalk talk the Lakers paint (laughs) issues after Momo breaks down why 2020 is going to be a was a fantastic year, at least from an ending note. I'm Clinton Yates. She's Ramona Shelburne. It's a Dono and LZ on ESPN 710.